We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. Uh, today, we're doing something new. Uh, I'm happy to announce that my new co-host here at the Mavs Step Back is a guy I've known my entire life, pretty much, you know, since we were in like third, fourth grade. Uh, his name's Drew Johnson. I call him DJ. Uh, he is currently the head women's basketball coach at MUW in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, the guy knows basketball top to bottom. Uh, we have been best friends forever. Uh, and you know, we've, we've gone to Mavs games together and we taught basketball weekly. And, uh, this was just a natural progression, uh, to have, have Drew on here and, uh, I'm I'm happy to announce that he's going to be uh, talking Mavs basketball and other NBA things uh, with us going forward. But DJ, what's up, man? How you doing today? Man, I'm good. I'm just really excited to be here. Really excited for the opportunity. And you know, now the whole world gets to listen to our banter instead of just us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, I can't promise that it won't. You know, veer off from Mavs talk at times, depending yeah, on what else is. <laughs> But hey, that's that's what makes this stuff fun. Oh yeah. Uh, but just jumping right into it, I mean, look, I, I was in New Orleans last night. Uh, Mavs played the Pelicans, third game of the season. Uh, coming into it, I was kind of disappointed because they announced that Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and uh, Herb Jones, that all of those guys were out. So I mean, naturally, you're thinking, okay, Luke is going to have his way. It could potentially be an easy win. It was not the case. Uh, you know, the Pelicans, they came out on fire, uh, scored 40 points in the first quarter, which is inexcusable. I mean, I know uh, they were hitting some tough shots, but, you know, the Mavs were basically just giving up layup line after layup line in that first quarter. And I don't know if they just took their foot off the gas and, you know, weren't prepared and thought they were going to have an easy win. But uh, the Pelicans came out there and just stomped them in that first quarter. And they never recovered fully from that the rest of the game uh, now the second and third quarter the Mavs played better uh, they actually had a seven point lead with about eight minutes left in the fourth 
Uh, and then for whatever, uh, you know, Luca, when he was out, it, it's really hard for the Mavs to keep a lead when he's out, uh, especially if Christian Wood, you know, isn't playing full-time starter minutes. We'll get into that here in a little bit too. But uh, anyway, the Mavs, they end up losing 113-111. Luca had a shot to win it at the end with three seconds left. Uh, I would have completely lost my mind uh, behind the bench if that had happened. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't meant to be this time. But uh, Luca, amazing as always, 37 points, 11 rebounds, uh, seven assists, two steals, one block, did all of it in 36 minutes. Uh, he was 36 – wait, hold on. 16 of 30 from the field, so over 50%, but the three-pointer wasn't working for him last night. He was only two of 13. Uh, which it's kind of crazy that he shot 13 threes last night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, he had a good game, 24 points, shot over 50%, five assists. That's what you want to see from him as the secondary ball handler. Uh, you know, he stepped up to the plate offensively so far this season. Christian Wood remains incredible. Like, you know, we knew he was going to be good. But, I mean, he has come out in three games and pretty much established himself as the team's second-best player, no questions asked. He had 23 points in 29 minutes off the bench, shot 8 of 10, hit all three of his threes, uh, and then had uh, six rebounds to go along with that. So, overall, I mean, I was disappointed. And, you know, the Mavs starting the season one and two isn't ideal especially when those two losses have been both by two points now. They had a chance to win both at the at the buzzer. But, you know, when, when you're trying to get new players integrated and Jason Kidd, he's trying to figure out his rotations and everything, you know, it can take some time before they have it completely figured out. But, I mean, overall, what were your thoughts on the game last night? Well, you know, just starting back from the beginning – one of the main things I noticed in the first quarter specifically is help defense just isn't there. Uh, they're blowing the offensive player, whoever would get the ball, would blow by the defender, and there was no one at the rim to protect it. I mean, it looked like, uh, you know, I don't want to call anyone out, but it looked like JaVale was playing a little bit of Matador defense down there. He just really wasn't defending the rim. Um, and that can't happen. We got to have help behind those guards because at this level, I mean, you know, this people are pros. They can get by anybody. It's hard to stay in front of people. Uh, help defense is absolutely imperative. Um, you know, and I don't want to question coach kid on anything because I, I, you know, being a part of this profession, I know how hard it is. And I know, you know, we tinker probably tinker too much. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to accept what is, is what is. And the fact of the matter is Christian Wood is a better basketball player than JaVale McGee and Christian Wood ought to be getting better minutes than JaVale McGee. Um, and I think that that would be conducive to winning. I mean, you said what, 23 points in 26 minutes, 23 points in 29 minutes last night. He's at Christian Wood is averaging, uh, 26 minutes per game and about 24 points per game right now off the bench. And see, the minutes thing, because JaVale, JaVale's only playing like 13 minutes a game right now, but he's starting the games. And, you know, it, it wasn't that much of an issue in the previous two outings, but he's still, you know, when he comes back into the game, you can tell a difference as far as like how the, the flow of the game shifts when he's in there. It, I, I wrote about this, I wrote a, five big observations piece on DallasBasketball.com 
earlier this morning, uh, you know, about just some things that I, I saw last night. And JaVale's defense was one of those things. I The the specific thing I wrote was it was giving Mavs fans uh, DeAndre Jordan PTSD uh, from, from Luka's rookie year because it was the same thing, you know. DeAndre Jordan, he can like, oh, we're going to have a lob threat, a good pick-and-roll guy for Luka uh, at starting center, but he was just he was just a swinging door on defense. There was nothing there. Uh, and they ended up trading him uh, before February. So, you know, I it was questionable at the time when they signed JaVale McGee to, uh, I think it was three years, $17 million, uh, and he's 34 years old. Uh, it was really questionable when we found out that, you know, kid or i don't know if it was kid or cuban or whoever i think it was kid uh basically promised him the the starting center position to get him to join the mavs instead of the milwaukee bucks or something what i'm interested in finding out though is like did, did kid promise him the starting center position like just going forward like for the full season or was it did he leave it open it's like you will be the starting center to start the year, but you know if something happens, I'm I'm going to make this call and make a change, or you know maybe he said, well we'll, we'll try it for X amount of games and then we'll make a change. I don't know. I'm not really as concerned with him starting as I am. Christian Wood needs to be playing around you know 32, 33 minutes a game instead of 26 because that that six seven minute difference that could have been the difference in in the Mavs season open and lost to the Suns uh, and this last game to the Pelicans. I mean, you've got to have your best two players out there if you're going to win games, uh, especially close games like this. And, you know, hopefully they get it figured out sooner than later. And, uh, you know, because you got to you got to have these games in the Western Conference if you're going to have a good seating uh, by the end of the year. So it, I know it's it, it's not like hit the panic button time right now. But it's just you'd like to see them get some of these early games and not have to dig their way out of a hole. So um, I guess my next question for you is, too, you know, we, we both know how amazing Luca is. You know, you were you were one of the first people, even before the Mavs drafted him, like well before the Mavs drafted him, you were just like, watch out. <laughs> like this, this guy is coming and it, it's going to be the next big thing. And sure enough, even with the high expectations, he's exceeded them. Uh, and he's on a killer pace right now. He's averaging like 34 points. Uh, let's see, 34 points, like 10 rebounds and six or seven assists per game. And he's shooting 50% from the field. He's on an MVP level pace, but mm-hmm. the Mavs are but the Mavs are one and two. I mean, they they've lost two out of their three games. Um, his usage rate, I was looking at that earlier. Last year it was already super high at uh, 36.8%, and this year it's even higher so far at a little over 39%, mm. which is which is kind of crazy. So, I mean, I, I personally have a little bit of concern, you know, for him through the course of the entire season. Is he going to tire down? You know, is he – is he going to, you know, get to a point where he's exerting himself so much? You know, yeah, the numbers look great, but is it, does it increase his chance for injury? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, how worried are you with, with his current usage rate? And, I mean, do you uh, w- what can the Mavs do to, you know, kind of fix that? 
I mean, because uh, I don't know if there's an in-house fix for it unless they just play Christian Wood more. Well, I think that a start is playing Christian Wood more. I think that you need you need more threats on the floor with Luca. Um, not just from a sheer offensive perspective, but like what we were saying, because his usage rate is so freaking high. Uh, do we have a ranking as far as uh, like across the league as far as usage rate and where he ranks in that? Oh, he's he's number one by yeah. at least by at least three percent right now. Yeah. See, and he's <laughs> he was number two last year when he was around thirty six percent. He was number two, and the only person that was ahead of him was Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, right now he's got a three percentage cushion. <laughs> he is That's by far the number one spot. That's a lot. Um, yeah. So what I think needs to be done is a you got to play wood more. B, you know. I don't know if one of these younger guards that we just recently picked up is the answer or if we need to look at the trading pool and see what we can get. Um, But the usage rate has to go down. Otherwise, I think you are setting yourself up for long-term complications. Um, It's not as big of a concern as if it would be if Luca was, you know, say like 30 years old or something like later in his prime. Uh, because he's younger, he can recover more, he's in better shape. He's in the best shape that I've ever seen him in. Um, so he will be able to recover faster, but I don't like pushing my luck with that. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, the Mavs don't like that either. So, you know, sorry, my cat is invading our privacy. Um, <clears throat> hey, that that's something that our, our listeners can uh, can relate to because Matt also had a cat that would enter the – into the recording every now and then. (laughs) Mine are relentless. Um, They they don't want anything to do with me until I'm doing something, and then they want everything to do with me. So, Mavs um, Cat. Mavs Cat follows us everywhere. Yeah, well, I've got two of them, so. And they're both extremely fluffy, just like the Mavs Cat, so. Um, But, yeah, I I do think that usage rate is a a, uh, subject of concern. Um, because the last thing that we want happening is not just a season in- ending injury, but just little tic tac injuries that will negatively affect Luca come playoff time. And we all know that that's the time that matters most. Um, now, I don't think we need to be hitting the panic button. I don't think we're in the same situation that the Los Angeles Lakers are and that LeBron is in. Oh, God. Oh, but it's rough. still. I do think it's it's a cause for concern. I do. And I think that we either, A, need to be getting these younger guards some more time out there to get them more acclimated, or, B, we need to go get a seasoned veteran that can come in immediately. Um, you know, I've, I've been of the opinion, and I know I'm a little bit biased here, so that had – a little bit to do with the reaction I got over the off season when I kept suggesting that the Mavs bring back Dennis Smith Jr. Yes. as their as their third ball handler. But you know the it's the first time in two years that he had been completely healthy, and mm-hmm. he has improved tremendously as a defender over the last two three years. Like he's not the same player defensively he was when he was uh, with the Mavs, and he had already started improving on that end before. He got traded, but, you know, finally healthy, uh, you know, he's still got explosiveness on the offensive end. He's a much improved defensive player. I thought there was absolutely no risk whatsoever in bringing him back 
for that 15th roster spot, you know, at least bringing him to training camp. And the thing is, he wanted he wanted to come back. Uh, he he really wanted to be in Dallas, but he ended up going to Charlotte, which was probably his second choice because you know that's his home state. Um, and uh, you know he's doing great right now. But you know that that's past. There's no use in in dwelling on it now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And, you know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, they missed, they missed his bench production last night for sure. He, he missed the game with uh, uh, foot soreness. And Ooh. thankfully, it, it's not the same foot that he had surgery on, you know, that ended his season last year. Uh, but, you know, look, even, even before he missed, Tim Hardaway Jr. hasn't been the same Tim Hardaway Jr. since the 2020-2021 season. You know, uh, you know, ever since Rick Carlisle left and kid came, you know, it just hasn't seemed to be a real good fit there. And I'm the, the more time goes on, the more I'm just starting to think, well, maybe, maybe that's just how it is. You know, he's, he's going to be, you know, he was a real good fit with Rick Carlisle's offensive system and he's just not going to stick with kids that way. If that's the case, I mean, I've, I've been of the, the opinion that, you know, they need to try and move on from THJ and, you know, throw Jaden Hardy into the fire. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, look, at 20 years old, uh, if Tim Hardaway – and Tim Hardaway Jr., I think he, he's getting close to 30 if he's not already there. Uh, but, you know, if he's going out there and shooting, you know, 2 of 10, uh, 3 of 12, you know, whatever it is, you know, Jaden Hardy can go out there and do that. 
and he's 20 years old and there's you know there's more value to putting somebody like that out there and letting him grow and learn from it you know there's more potential for the Mavs going forward if they do that so that's what I want to see you know um and then maybe I mean I'm not saying you can get something back of real value for Hardaway Jr. right now but uh I think trading him into a different situation opens up those rotation minutes for Hardy and I'm I'm willing to accept the struggles that comes along you know with an NBA rookie uh getting significant playing time uh if it means you know he's getting better and the team's ultimately getting better in the future yeah I mean you know you can't put it on THJ but what I will say about THJ is this he doesn't solve the problem that we have um THJ is a shoot first guard but what we need is someone who can not only create for themselves, but for his teammates. We need someone that can take the ball out of Luca's hands and do Luca's job while Luca gets rest. And uh, THJ just isn't what you need there. And, you know, I don't know if you'll get the – it's like you said. I don't know if you'll get the return of what we need for THJ, but I do like the idea of putting Hardy in that situation. At the very least, you're getting the kids some minutes. Um, and who knows? He might develop. He might develop, and he's being coached by one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the greatest playmakers of all time. Who isn't to say that he won't develop? Um, and, you know, we can sit here and speculate on this the entire time, but at the end of the day, we need to go get people that help us, and I don't think that THJ really helps us, not right now. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's so crazy how how a coaching system – you know, can completely change how certain players play because, you know, for two straight seasons, the, the last two years in Carlisle's tenure with the Mavs, uh, Hardaway Jr. was like a 40% three-point shooter for two straight years, right right there at that 40% mark. And then, you know, last year, even before he had his foot injury in February, he was shooting like 33% from three, huge drop-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he's he's not off to a to a great start this year either, so – you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, hopefully, if he can get back to the the same guy that was shooting nearly forty percent from three uh, the season before last, then you know the Mavs will be able to get by. But uh, by far, the biggest issue is the one that was created by Jalen Brunson leaving in free agency. So, I mean, they do have to find that that second guy. I kind of liked uh, how Kid experimented in the preseason. Uh, it was the second preseason game. He had uh, Dinwiddie as the lead guard off the bench, so he was running the, the bench unit, and he started Hardy uh, at the at shooting guard with Luca. I really liked that. I thought that worked out quite well. Um, so, I mean, if you do something with THJ, maybe you can tinker and go back with a lineup like that um, and, you know, just spitballing here, you know, just trying to match up salaries. I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but, I, you, you know, you could probably – do a THJ package and get a guy like Mike Conley from Utah, you know, cause uh, Conley has another year on his contract, like 22 million or something like that. And Utah, I know they've started out this season surprisingly good based on what people thought they would be, but uh, I don't think it's sustainable. And I think they'll eventually, you know, look to, uh, to trade some of their veterans on the roster. So if they can get a veteran, uh, point guard like that who's a good decision maker uh has been to the playoffs has a lot of experience there uh, and can and can shoot a little bit too that that's the ideal 
fix for this roster. But like you said, nobody's panicking here. Uh, it's it's three games out of 82. So, I mean, long, long season to go. And the good thing about the NBA is usually, you know, between 24 to 48 hours later, you're, you're able to try and bounce back. And that's what the Mavs are going to try to do uh, on Thursday night. They take on the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons is back this year. Uh, they've got Seth Curry, former Mavs great, uh, who the Mavs definitely should not have traded for Josh Richardson two years ago. <laughs> he was on an incredible contract. But um, what are what are some key points you're looking forward to in that that Mavs Nets game? Because uh, the last time they played in Brooklyn, uh, Dinwiddie made his return against his former team and knocked down the buzzer beating. A three-pointer to send them home. So, point number one: make Ben Simmons beat you. The guy uh, has more yes. fouls than he does points. <laughs> he is not a threat. He is looking to facilitate and facilitate alone. And I'm not sure that he's even doing that very well. Make him beat you. If we can get the ball out of Kyrie Irving's hands and out of Kevin Durant's hands, and we can force Ben Simmons to beat us, I think it's going to be a long night for the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons will not hurt us, but we have to keep the ball out of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's hands. Uh, It's easier said than done, especially since both of those guys are ball dominant individuals. They'll both go and get it. Um, And I would wager that Kevin Durant is much harder to deal with than Kyrie Irving, especially when Kevin Durant gets on a roll. Um, But from what what else I understand is that locker room is not healthy. If uh, if you present them with any kind of adversity, there's a good chance they might fold mid-game. And a really good adversity to present them with is making the third person in their big three actually do something. And uh, that person just happens to not have done a whole lot as of late. So, And I'm not really capable of doing that much. I'm really excited about this matchup because – you know, Steve Nash, and I love Steve Nash, but he just I don't I don't know if you know if NBA head coaching is is his niche. You know, I, I could see him more in like a player development type role, you know, something like that. But so far I just I I just haven't really been impressed with, with what he's done for Brooklyn. Uh but you know, they've been playing Simmons at center and I'm, and he's like you said, he has more fouls than points, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, and Christian Wood has lived at the foul line so far this season. They can't uh, do that. that matchup is not going to happen. There's no way they make Ben Simmons guard Christian Wood. No way. I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they. No. I hope they try it because Christian Wood is going to continue his his dominant opening stretch of this season if they do. Uh, and Ben Simmons might foul out before halftime uh, if yeah. they do that. <laughs> no, that's going to be a long night. He's going to make Christian Wood look like Wilt Chamberlain. Like, it's it's not going to be good. Not going to be good for Brooklyn. No, they're going to guard Christian Wood with someone else to have to. I also want to just see a general back uh, bounce-back performance from Mavs' uh, wings. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith. Reggie Bullock, they didn't start out the game last night. You know, JaVale McGee, he was like – we already talked about his defensive struggles, but 
What really surprised me is uh, Finney Smith and Bullock, they're normally the team's best defenders, and even they were getting blown by, you know, on the mm-hmm. perimeter last night. And it created a stressful situation for the Mavs bigs because they weren't able to stay in front of their man. Um, and it's not like they – you know, it's not like – screens were setting it up either they were just simply getting beat most of the time uh so i want to see a good bounce back performance from them they now to their credit they picked it up in the second half of that pelicans game so hopefully that carries over into this brooklyn game but they need a little bit more offense from them too because uh let me look at the i wrote this in my piece earlier today but yeah so uh, finney smith and bullock combined to go one of eight uh, from three-point range. That's and when both players are playing thirty-five minutes apiece, you you can't have that. You got to be a little bit better than than one of eight from deep. And then overall, yeah. you know, the Mavs shot twelve of thirty-nine. You know, if you're gonna shoot forty-threes, you need to you need to hit more than twelve of them if you're <laughs> if you're if you're gonna win comfortably at least. So yeah, you um, know, it, I've had issues with teams in the past thinking that they were what they were not identity crisis is like, is what we like to call them. Um, I'm not sure that the Mavs identity is really one that comes out and shoots 33s a game or 43s a game. They really need to be looking for other options, other opportunities. You know, Luca is unstoppable in the open floor. He's also unstoppable as a half court playmaker. We need to be putting him in more situations where he is allowed to make plays for the players around him. And we need to be putting players around him that he can make plays for, i.e. Christian Wood. Um, and I like Dinwiddie and him together. Uh, I think they play extremely well together. Um, but again, if you're looking at a bunch of pick and roll situations, which is about 90% of what all playbooks consist of in the NBA, the roller has to be a threat. JaVale is not a threat. Um, And, you know, we were talking about how they started the game last night and how they picked it up later on. How you start has a big, has a bit, plays a big part in how successful you are. Um, Not just in the first quarter, but in the third quarter. I've seen this with my own eyes firsthand in my own struggles as a coach. You have to start off strong. Um, if you're trying to overcome a deficit the entire game, by the time the end of the game rolls around, even if you are up, you're too exhausted to close. We have to start off strong. And that's why I think one of the big remedies with this is giving Christian Wood the starting position. It might piss off JaVale, but at the end of the day, does it really matter? Is JaVale really a part of the long-term plan? I don't think he is. Right. Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't – I think it I think it might be a case of, you know, Wood kind of had a bad reputation when they traded for him. Now, I don't think that was a fair bad reputation because he's been on every team he's been on has been a lottery team, like a consistent loser lottery team. And, you know, he's not a number one guy, so he's obviously not going to change a franchise like that. But, you know, he's shown he can be a number two guy next to Luca if if given you know the correct minutes and opportunity and you know I think that's that's the next progression for that I don't know how how soon kids gonna make that adjustment but I think it's kind of inevitable that he's gonna put wood in the starting lineup and then you know you can still JaVale he can still play you know 10 12 minutes a game as your backup big that's fine 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd actually, I'd actually like JaVale McGee playing against backup bigs, you know, versus other teams starters that, that would, that would work out a lot better. So uh, that's the, that's the next progression there. And I'd mm-hmm. also like to see, uh, you know, Wood and uh, Maxi Kleba, you know, playing more front court minutes together too, because mm-hmm. Kleba is more of a, you know, a rim protector and he can, he can guard on the perimeter too, if he needs to. I think that's a really versatile uh, front court, that a kid needs to tinker with there. So, uh, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm still optimistic about this team. They, they've, you know, aside from, let's see, two, let's see, two quarters in the Phoenix game. And then the first quarter of last night, you know, so they've had three quarters of this season where things have just unraveled for them, but otherwise, I mean, they look really good. They just got to stick with what's working for them. So we'll Well, see how it goes. The name of the game in basketball is consistency. You have to be the same tomorrow that you were today. You have to be the same in the second quarter that you were in the first quarter. And that's the challenge. And it's very, very, very hard to accomplish. And consistency takes time. Consistency takes development. And, you know, I'm with you. I think this team will be fine, inevitably. There just has to be some adjustments made. But consistency has to be developed. We can't be a different team in the second quarter than we were the first. You know, it just it has to develop. Otherwise, you're going to see more and more of this type of uh, inconsistency. So, you know, and I look, I would be shocked just knowing how Luca is because when he does something really bad in one, like he was, aside from three point shooting, he was a basketball god yet again yeah. uh, in that Pelicans game. So. In this next game against Brooklyn, it wouldn't shock me if he, you know, cuts down his three-point shooting in half, if not more. You know, mm-hmm. I fully expect him to attack more and get more of the mid-range. Because he was 14 of 17 on two-pointers last night. Mm-hmm. D- just crazy efficient. So, I think he's going to stick with what works. Uh, like I said, there's 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 room for improvement a- across the board. Finney Smith has yet to get going. He was a huge piece last year. Uh, Bullock, you know, he, he's got to get going, uh, you know, shooting threes and everything. And they got to get a little bit. It's, it's the sum of all their parts. You know, they got to get a little bit here, a little bit there. And by everybody chipping in a little bit more, maybe it'll lessen Luca's burden a little bit, uh, and they can get this thing rolling. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll assess this, you know, week to week and, you know, see how they're doing and, uh, I think next week, if if things don't pick up, I'm gonna have a trade list put together, which I'm, <laughs> which I know everybody's gonna yell at me on Mavs Twitter about, regardless of who I who I put on the list. But you know, it, know. it's a uh, they kind, of, uh, kind of come to me. Except <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just that time of the year, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's that time if the team's playing well, you know, you're assessing all that and cheering them on and everything and then it's not going well okay well who are we trading today Mm -hmm. uh but look that's going to do it for another episode of math step back guys i appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us uh again this is drew johnson he's uh he's been my friend as long as i can remember uh he is the head women's basketball coach at muw in columbus mississippi uh and oh is it columbus or caledonia it's Columbus. I live in Caledonia. It's like okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought I said that right. 
it's like uh it's like y'all's seminary to Hattiesburg. Seminary yeah, got gotcha. <laughs> We're both in the sticks. Yeah, um, yeah. Out out in the out in the boonies, you know, just yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Coach Drew33. Uh, go ahead and show him some love there. Give him a follow. Uh, he is fully entrenched, and uh, and I mean, like I said, we we have been talking about Luca and the Mavs and just NBA basketball stuff in general uh, for years, but we're finally you know making that next progression and and bringing it onto the podcast here. So, DJ, I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm glad you're along for this ride, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. Can't wait to do it again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Mavs for or Mavs Twitter, Mavs Nation. For having me on here i appreciate the opportunity and uh i can't wait to have more fun just like today sounds good we'll see how the uh the mavs rebound against the brooklyn nets tomorrow night and hopefully you know we have a lot more positive stuff to talk about instead of you know talking about what jay kid needs to change going forward but <laughs> he's a genius he'll figure it out you know the job that he did last year was outstanding um you know Sometimes you just hit some bump roads or bumpy roads and early in the year, but you know, it's a long season. It's a long season. There's plenty of time for adjustments. And like I said before, we're not in the same boat that Los Angeles Lakers are in. So just be thankful. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. You could be the loss, which, you know, the, everybody expected the Lakers to suck. Uh, and, you know, they have sucked more than we could have ever imagined. They suck uh, before. Yeah, <laughs> they've just been absolutely awful. The Philadelphia 76ers started out 0-3. I think that was the biggest surprise of, of teams yeah. sucking to start the year. But uh, it could always be worse. And I think oh, yeah. the I think the Mavs have shown enough bright spots to where they'll be okay. They just have to – they're not having to deal with the COVID stuff this year. Hopefully they stay relatively healthy. Uh, and, you know, last year – when New Year's started, they were like 16 and 18 before they went on their big mm-hmm. second half of the season run. I don't think they're going to, I don't think it's going to get in that bad of a situation. I think they'll figure out and figure it out and go on a run here pretty soon. And I'm excited to, you know, to see it happen. But um, guys, we appreciate it again. Uh, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and, you know, put your social media at you know whether it's instagram or facebook or twitter whatever it is uh if you leave us a review on there it automatically enters you for a chance to win uh our giveaways we we do t-shirt giveaways every now and then we'll do like ticket giveaways to certain mavs games so uh be sure to go leave a review there and throw your name in the hat uh for for that stuff so guys appreciate it y'all have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time y'all have a good one Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.